Hello. It's the MD. So what you're about to hear is a very special Garbage Cast Conversations. Actually, the clips themselves have probably been produced about four months ago, so most of the information is woefully out of date. Um, but being that it's a Garbage Cast Conversations and there is also a guest host. I felt it was my duty to still produce it and put it out. So what this means is any allusions to Riley's eye surgery, the timelines are completely off. Um, he basically was supposed to go in in December for a second screening uh, they called about a month ago the doctor, one of the only doctors in the southern Ontario area that does uh, surgeries of this type, is taking a leave of absence. And we will reschedule sometime within the next month. And that was in November? And we're, no, October. So we're probably going to close out in November, probably December as well, without any idea of whether or not we're going to have the surgery. Other than that, sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to clean this whole setup. It is super dusty. That's how long it's taken to produce this. Like I said, four months ago. Um, so quickly, what I've been doing with my time is... Um, he goes to bed for his first nap. It's usually about 30 minutes. And in that time, I'm cleaning dishes. I'm making coffee. I am trying to vacuum to keep the dust down from all the dogs. Um, and then when I finish all that, maybe I'll eat. Maybe I will listen to podcasts. Um, and then after doing all the important stuff, I usually uh, start playing Starfield, which is like completely eaten up my free time. And I just haven't felt really up to it to record a podcast. But I am in the mood today, I guess. Um, the office is a little bit cleaner. I've gotten new... Uh, monitor speakers, so that helps. Here's the thing, pro tip for you would be podcasters. If you've experienced long bouts of not wanting to record, um, get a producer who will be on your ass to uh, produce an episode. In this case, it's my wife. But uh, if that doesn't work, you can just buy new gear. And then you'll want to actually use said new gear to record a podcast. So let's start with parenthood. 
of the topic. Here's what Jason had to say about the topic. It has been so long, but here we are again. The circle has completed itself. We are back for a garbage cast conversation. Hello, MMD. Jason here in Armpit. Uh, I don't know how long it's been. Two years, maybe? Maybe longer? I don't know. It's 2023 now, and it's the last day of July. And I'm out here on the swing of podcasting, which I hope is not making a whole lot of noise. It's also very windy. I hope that's not making a lot of noise. It's breezy. I would say it's breezy. And uh, sunny, beautiful day. And uh, here we are, kind of at midsummer. I guess we're kind of right at midsummer, aren't we? Just, just about. And uh, the topic that you have chosen uh, today is parenthood, as I watch my corgi dig a hole in the ground. Now she's going to rub in it. She's going to fall over and just rub in dirt. I don't know why she does this. She digs a hole, she's digging, and now she's rubbing in it. That's kind of what, that's a good analogy for parenthood. I don't know why they do this. <laughs> um, of course, I'm, I'm at a more advanced chapter in parenthood than you are. My uh, daughters are in college. One is a senior, one is a junior. And they are in adulthood. Uh, they w- are about to turn 22 and 21 at the towards the end of this year. So we have one officially certified, full-fledged adult, and the other one almost there. And um, what I will tell you about parenting, at least from my perspective, and I have no good advice. Everybody does it different. And I've seen everybody do it different. And I've heard all kinds of advice from people and comments from people that I've thrown directly into the trash. Because like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. (laughs) The Frank Sinatra Book of Parenting. Um, It it feels, maybe the best thing I can tell you is that while you're going through it, each age stage, infancy, toddlerhood, Uh, you know, uh, school-age children, the dreaded teen years, it seems like it's taking forever. Uh, When in actuality, it it only seems like it's taking forever because it's so hard to figure it out. And as they morph into these different older versions of themselves, these transitions really almost seem to take place overnight. They like you one day, and the next day they're embarrassed to be seen with you. It's stuff like that. But uh, it seems very short while it's happening, but in actuality it's flying by at the same time, so it's it's really odd. And, you know, here I am more at the tail end of it, uh, looking back, going, where did, that, where did all that time go? And, you know, our first daughter was born uh, not long after 9-11, uh, which was just a scary time. And here we were towards the end of that pregnancy, when 9-11 happened, and thinking, wow, you know, we're going to bring a kid into World War III. That's going to be interesting. Of course, we didn't. It didn't happen that way, but she was born in October of 2001. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a real, you know, everything before 9-11 seemed completely different. Everything after 9-11 for a while seemed like we don't know what's going to happen. So it was just very odd. <clears throat> And um, 
You know, we were lucky. The, the first one slept through the night immediately. Uh, we did end up in the hospital uh, within a, a few months because she got RSV, so we ended up back in the hospital, which was a trying, scary, stressful time. But, uh, you know, we had confidence that things would just, you know, work themselves out. Uh, the second one, uh, I don't think I slept for a year and a half. She would not sleep at night. I watched a lot of Letterman. I watched a lot of whatever came on after Letterman. And um, she was, it was just more, it was more difficult. But, um, again, it, it, it was dragging by glacially slow, yet flying by at exactly the same time. Who would have thought? <laughs> and then uh, there's so many memories of their 20-plus years of life that it's a jumble for me. Uh, you know, and we were also at, we were also at that edge of technology where there's a lot of pictures that were taken with film cameras, and then we had the digital transition right kind of in the you know the early years. So we have like this cutoff between all these photos we developed, and then all of these files that we have, and there's videos scattered in different formats that we still haven't pulled off these little tiny micro video cassettes and stuff and there's two different formats of videos that we took <laughs> and this is before you had digital video cameras that were taking good videos so they're trapped on these weird tapes and um so it's quite the transition and then as they grew up it was you know do we give them technology the technology was starting and their first little gadgets were ipod touches and then, of course, they had phones uh, pretty, you know, earlier than their friends, I guess, because, you know, I'm a techie person, and it just seemed like the logical thing to do. And I don't believe that social media had really raised its ugly head yet, or it was about to, but, you know, it didn't seem... It was really more for watching videos and playing music, you know, than it exploded into this, you know... Uh, craziness that we have today so your child is going to go through is going to be completely online you know uh, technology for your child it will kind of be like technology for me from the time I was born in 1973 to the time I graduated from college in 1995 not a whole lot changed yes the internet came about there in the early 90s but it really didn't it wasn't like it is today. It was more of a, uh, there was a learning curve. There was a, it was the nerd curve. Yes, I was on the Internet. Yes, I had, the, like, the terminal and all that stuff. But it was more of a hobby. It wasn't a way of life. I still used typewriters in my job at the time, uh, you know, in the early 90s. So when I worked at the college, we had typewriters, and we had Mac Classics and stuff. So, you know... For me, technology was very... 1973-1995, it wasn't a great deal of difference. You know, technology was a helper, but it wasn't necessary. Today, it is necessary, and, and I think for your child, it will just get faster. It will just... It will eat more things. AI is going to eat more things. It's going to eat more jobs. It's going to eat more of the way we do things and the way we interact. And you're, we're just going to continue to see that shift into what all can computers uh, eat <laughs> in your house. And, uh, and I think it was a long time ago I saw like a video of Steve Jobs where he was kind of talking in those terms, you know, when the first, um, you know, the iPod is eventually going to eat your phone, it's going to eat your television, 
it's going to do everything. You know, it's going to morph into this device that does everything. That's another thing a child will do. They'll just interrupt you while you're trying to do something for no reason. Dogs are very good training for jobs. Just like when I was growing up playing pole position, that was good training for driving. Not driving like a maniac, but, you know, it got you through the mechanics of it. You know, we're good. I don't know why they've all decided to bark. That's just, that's just, you know how it is. Dogs are annoying like that. Um, hey, hey, zip it. Podcasting. She doesn't care. She's French. She's the Bichon. She's evil. Um, I don't know how to say I'm podcasting in French. Well, she did walk off, so maybe she knows English now. Um, what was I saying? So that's going to be the big difference, you know, uh, you, as your child has been born, and, and, you know, I can't even imagine the changes in technology that, that uh, they're going to see in future children. Let's just say children and all, because you may have more than one. I don't know. Uh, but whatever he sees, they will see later, however many you have, 10, 20 kids, you know, whatever. You're going to Brady Bunch it up, whatever. <laughs> be more like the Waltons, you know. Um, what else, what else, what else? Um, I think that, you know, I see a lot online, and I see memes especially, where they're like, we had it so good growing up in the 70s and 80s. No, we didn't. It was boring. And we didn't have many choices. And maybe you could say that was better. You know, four channels, and then we finally got cable. We had, what, 20 channels, whatever. Today, the world is wide open. So, you know, our kids are going to grow up in a... Or your kids. Mine are are already grown up. But they're going to be in a fascinating... They're going to see things that I can't even imagine them seeing. And, of course, I'm going to be gone before you're gone and long before your kid is gone and kids are gone. So I'm, I'm going to miss out on a lot of cool stuff. But that's okay. That's the circle of life. And and also, you know, that brings me to another good point. You you have kids to sort of replace yourself. <laughs> and you want to replace yourself with a better model. Which means you don't want them to be just like you. And sometimes that's kind of hard to let go of, you know. Uh, especially when my oldest daughter told me she didn't want to be in band. She didn't. She didn't. She did it in, in middle school. She didn't want to do it in high school. And and my big thing was that's fine. I don't want you to turn you know turn into me for goodness sakes. That would be terrible. But please do something. Be a part of something. You know, it, it was the idea of community. The big challenge I think you'll have with your uh, child or children growing up is the fact that we can they can be so isolated by technology. Technology is the great isolator. Look at this. I'm sitting out here on a swing talking to no one. I'm talking to you through a recorder, but there's no interaction. This is all one-sided. And it's great that we have these relationships scattered near and far, but we also have to know how to interact with people in person. And technology is the great isolator. And, you know, I've seen my children sort of struggle with interacting with groups of other people also. Where when I was growing up, we had no choice. You had to, that was all you had. You know, the internet was, the internet was your friend group. <laughs> it was just, that's just the way it was. So you had to get out there and do things and, and you had to participate in things. And there's going to have to be a balance taught and a balance modeled 
Which really brings me to my next point. You know, parenting is about modeling. They're going to watch you more than they're going to listen to you. They're going to learn from how you react to situations. Are you angry at the littlest things? Are you cool all the time? Like, yeah, you know, that's just life. Things happen. Uh, I wish I had been more. Yeah, that's just life. Things happen. I, I, I fairly am, but I wish I'd been even more that way. Uh, because I think um, as my kids have grown up, it's, it's, it's harder to cope with that flood of constant information coming directly into your face. Uh, and that is what we get here. Uh, in this new crazy world of technology. And that is what I was not prepared for when I was raising the kids, or joint raising the kids with with the mother of children, who, wife, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we both grew up in a time where we didn't have that. So it was a little harder to adapt, because we were also adapting to the changes at the same time. Um you're younger than me, you're more technologically advanced at an earlier age than I ever was, because like I said, we had nothing, and we had uh, Atari, you know, how advanced that was, so you're more adept for it, um, adept, adapt, I don't know, (laughs) the brain is moving faster than the tongue, um, so, yeah, you're going to have to, um, you know, it, it, it. our kids are under more pressure than we were growing up. It will be the same for you because you, the Internet, everything was different when you were growing up than it is now. Now it is a constant onslaught. Now it is a part of everything. It is Everything is the Internet of things, you know. The capabilities, the things that are going to be connected in 10 years are, are just going to blow us away compared to the things that are connected now. So, uh, you know, there will be a learning curve also because your children see things differently than we do. They have wide open eyes. They see the big picture of things that we can't because we are sort of, we still have in the back of our heads how we grew up. And we have to be very careful not to place that on our children because they're growing up completely differently. Um, or at least 50% differently, you know. And it's amazing how little can change, I mean, how much can change in such a little time, too. So we cannot we cannot raise our children at all like we were raised. Uh, we have to, you know, adapt and um, model who we hope they will be. And hopefully we will improve ourselves in the process. Because that is what it's really about, leaving behind a better version of ourselves. With the room to grow into who they're going to be and what makes them unique. And, um, you know, I think the hardest thing for me is to just not judge, to just sit back and keep my mouth shut. And and say, you know, they're not like I was. Hopefully they're better, more patient, more exploratory. They have more options to them and they're not going to squander them. You know, I, I my biggest regret is I think I, I just lacked confidence. So I didn't take chances. I didn't. I didn't do things. I always kind of went the easiest path, the path of least resistance. You know, I was the marble that just said, "Okay, we'll go downhill here because that's the way it's going." And you know, that's worked out okay. But what could I have been? So you know, I I I, I hope that they will be a little more confident and a little more. 
willing to go for it, willing to not just let the world knock them around, that everything, you know, everything is not determined all the time. Uh, I think another thing to talk about is worry is a part of parenting, and you will worry, and um, I try to keep try to keep that to myself. <laughs> I, I I say things like "Please be don't drive like a maniac" and and you know stuff like that. Uh, you know, I've tried to stay as much as I can out of dating questions and stuff like that. Because they're different people, and I, I don't know what, you know, everybody's different. But I've, you know, it's, again, in relationships and everything else, it's more about how you model it. What will they see you and your wife do? What will they see us do? How will they see us handle problems? And are we honest with our, the problems that we have? Do we talk to them about the bills uh, on a, at least a limited level and finances so they will have a grasp on what finances are when they need to deal with them do we talk about when relatives are starting to get sick and decline and stuff are we honest and open do we go to the hospital and take them along with us and and you know those are hard decisions to make and, and we did we took them to hospitals we've tried to be straight with them over the big questions of life and death we tried to do all that from an early age. You know, we tried to teach them as they were sponges, ready to absorb everything. We really tried not to hide things or sugarcoat things. Uh, you always have to be honest because if you're not, they kids are a BS detector. They know it, and they are looking for, you know, they want you to be genuine and be who you are. And if you flail around in front of them and you're angry and snippy, that's okay too because that's also being honest and sometimes you have to say you're sorry for you know blowing up over something stupid and it's better to do that than to hold it all in and then explode later <laughs> you have to be real I guess is, is probably the greatest advice I would have are we perfect parents no are there perfect parents no will mistakes be made of course would you like to take back some things you've said? Sure. Um, you know, if you could do it all over again, would you change things? Yeah, but you'd mess other things up. <laughs> you know, it would just open the door to other things. So you don't beat yourself up over mistakes. Because everybody in parenting is learning. The kid, the parent, the grandparents. It, it's all new. And you can't even look at grandparents and say, well, they've had experience raising kids. Well, yes, they have. In a whole, you know, in a whole other generation. So they're not equipped for it. You know, and, you know, same thing we were talking about earlier. You know, we grew up in a different time. They're growing up in a different time. So when you're raised, when you're participating with grandchildren, when you're participating with children, everybody is new at this current time. They bring in ideas, they bring in things, but the things that worked in the 1960s and 70s, the 1980s and 90s, the 2000s and 2010s, they don't work here necessarily in the 2020s, and they won't work in the 2030s. Oh, I just remembered something else. A good piece of advice 
that I tried to give friends of mine. Some listened, some didn't. That kid you're raising, by the time they're 10 or 11, I hate to say it like this, but they're almost fully formed. So as a kid gets older, you're going to be able to sway them less. So you better model at a young age what you expect. Do you want them to be respectful to their elders? Do you want them to be quiet in public places? Do you want them to... Now, you're not going to be able to do any of this really in infancy, but as they become toddlers and you, you know, hey, we don't do that when they try to set fire, you know, in Walmart or something, or Canadian Tire, wherever you happen to be. You know, because uh, by the time you're ten, they're 10 or 11, it's going to be a lot harder. Because they're going to have friends at school, other people that are influences, plus the internet will be a big influence. So you better start early to make your job easier later. And it's not to say they won't go through their ups and downs and their moodiness and their rebellion. Everybody does. But you can make it where it's not so crazy by just being yourself and being real. And try to bring them into your hobbies, too. You know, I, I tried to bring them into podcasting. They were on a couple of podcast episodes when they were younger. Uh, they didn't really like it. They didn't really want to keep doing it, so I never forced it on them. But I always talked about it. Hey, you know, I got to go outside and podcast. I got to go do this. I got this is what I do. You know, and sometimes we have hobbies in common. Sometimes you know we've been able to play video games together that they liked when they were younger. You know, we had a Wii and all that stuff. Um, so we found common ground. There's common ground on music. There's common ground, you know, some music. There's common ground on some of the books that we read. There's, you know, TV shows that we watch. We try to watch movies together. We try to watch TV shows together. There's a lot of TV shows you'll watch when they're little that will just drive you crazy. Uh, hint, they don't know what Baby Shark is unless you show it to them. So if you don't want to see that 9,000 times, show them something else. Um, Murder, She Wrote, maybe. Columbo. Get them into Columbo. It's a lot easier than getting them into something crazy. They were my kids were into Blues Clues and Dora, and I got to the point where if I heard Dora say one more thing, I was going to scream. And uh, and I saw a lot of cartoon movies for those years in the theater. Oh my goodness, you know, just see animated, animated, animated. And there were a lot of bad ones, you know, because they're just going after that money. So you're going to go through a lot of stuff. Uh, being a parent it means you have to be a lot less selfish, and you will become less selfish if you're going to if you do it right. And one part of being less selfish as a parent is that you realize that a lot of the stuff you were doing was just a time waster anyway. What was the real importance of it? You know, I did four years of band, being a band dad and loading the truck, and it ate every weekend up between July and November every year uh, I don't miss it I'll say that much but I'm glad I was there I was there for every performance typically on the field holding a prop <laughs> uh, so you know I didn't miss anything at all and luckily I had a job that allowed for that and took every trip with them and um, you know that was a gift to be a part of that for the one daughter that was in band so, you know, I got to be there, but I didn't hover. I wasn't a helicopter parent. They went off and did what they had to do. I did the work that needed to be done for the band, and I was there if they needed something. And I got to see all the performances, and it, it was it was an enriching, good experience. 
And yes, I'm glad it's over. I'm much lazier now. But uh, the things that I did on those nights in that time, it was hard the first year because I really wanted to be lazy. Oh my goodness, it was so much work. You go from not having to do that stuff to having to do it all the time. It can really wear you down. But that's just an example, you know. By the year, second year, I didn't remember at all what I used to do on all those nights that I was up there for band practices and different things. Um, and then when we finished, I didn't know what to do with myself because I didn't have anything to do <clears throat> on those nights anymore. Um, but um, you really realize what a lot of what we do as human beings is just time wasters, and the really important stuff should take priority. And that means being there, not as a helicopter parent, not watching every move, but being present as much as we can be, because those times will disappear. They will be done with elementary school. Did you go to the Christmas party? Did you know? Were you the parent there? Did you go to all the assemblies and stuff and the book fairs and stuff? You better because it'll be over before you know it. And those chances are gone. And as they get older, there's less chances to be present. So be present as much as you possibly can. You know, volunteer for the PTA or whatever the parent association is at your kid's school. Be around. Be part of it. Uh, you may just have a good experience being around other parents going through the same thing you're going through. But at least you'll be present. I think the best thing we can do for our kids is to see they see us present doing something that they believe in, whether that's being in band or being in agriculture or doing whatever. If you're out there doing the work too and you're supporting them, I think that says a whole lot. Because eventually you're going to be like me. And, you know, like here in uh, the end of this month, daughter number two or daughter number one, the oldest, will be off to college to live in her college town also. So there will be no one here during the days. And, uh, you know, that is, uh, that's good, though. You know, finally, I guess I'd say, you know, as I watched kids graduate from high school, as I was there for the four years of doing stuff all the time, I would have parents of graduating seniors come, oh, I don't know, I'm really going to miss it. I wish they could stay like this forever. <laughs> and I always was, I was always like, not me. I can't wait to see what's next. And that's really how I feel. I've always been curious to see what's next. I, I, I like change. And it, it part of me, you know, that's probably why I'm compulsively always changing things like the blog and the address of the podcast. It's really annoying changing around the way the furniture is in the living room or whatever. I like to see what's next. Uh, when things stay the same for a little while, I get bored. And the good thing about parenting is you never get bored because it's always about to change just around the corner. Some, I guess the best advice I could give you is embrace that change. Don't ever want to hold them down. You know, not that you would. You're smarter than that. But I think, you know, and I think a lot of parents just say that because they're reluctant to let go and they understand, well, you know, that's just the way life goes. But um, rejoice in the change, I guess. Rejoice in the growth. Rejoice in who they're becoming. Rejoice in each step. And then you'll never have this 
sad feeling like, oh, you missed out on something. You know, do everything you can. Be present. You can be a friend and a parent. But you have to... There's got to be boundaries. Uh, We never disciplined our kids with whippings and stuff like that. Um, But, you know... And we rarely had to take things away, you know. I, I, it just wasn't really a problem. And I, and I think it's because when we we really tried to bring them up to be, always keep in mind who we wanted them to be. And we just tried to model that behavior. And if something did get out of line in a store or whatever, I mean, we would leave. We would just take them outside and we are not going to be in there begging for things. That's not how we are. These material things don't matter that much. But then they need to see us not fretting over material things also, see? So if you're going to ask your kid to do something, you better do it too. (laughs) You know? Um, uh, We'll go back to worry, because I know you've mentioned the uh, hospital and different things. and You will worry, and that's natural. But you should always just have the faith that things are going to work out. And things, just be positive. And yes, there will be more difficult times. Our kids had to have wisdom teeth removed. And one had to have ear tubes put in. And that requires, you know, going in and to the hospital and stuff. And like I said, one ended up in the hospital. And, you know, you will go through those things. But you should stay confident that things will work out, you know, and uh, I think things work out well most of the time. I don't want to jinx myself, but, uh, you know, don't add stress to a stressful situation, you know, don't freak out, don't, you know, and I I saw a lot, when my mother was in the hospital, a lot of people freaking out, especially the month that we were in ICU, and we got to see a lot of what happens in ICU, and a lot of what happens in ICU is people go out, you know, covered up, <laughs> and uh, different people handled that situation differently, um, so I th- I'm not saying that to apply fear to anybody or fear to you or anything else. Most people don't go out covered up <laughs> when they just go in the hospital for routine stuff. But um, you have to keep your head about you. That, uh, you know, there are going to be things that happen. There will be little accidents. There will be things that happen, you know. Um, kids will get in trouble. Kids will get sick. And, uh, you know, you just do the best you can, and you push through. And you stay confident. And if you believe in something, a, a, a god or a uh, a mushroom statue or whatever you worship, then you, um, I don't know what that, I guess that's Mario. Uh, then you um, apply that faith to your whole situation also. You just look for whatever you can to think it's all going to be okay and it typically is and like I said that, that that little bump in the road like the two or three days we spent in the hospital when my oldest had RSV that is just a tiny blot of all the years of things that we did 
you know, as parents. So those little bad periods, they're just little tiny blots. Don't focus so much time on Most of the days are days that are so good and so like every other day that they become mixed in the fog. So the real secret is how do we slow down and appreciate those days and bank them up and say, well, I've had 75 good days in a row. Now we have a bump. And we'll get through this bump, and then we'll probably have 75 more good days in a row. And then you get to see your parents, I mean your parents, you get to see your kids grow up to be parents and to be whoever they're going to be. And you do your best to guide them along the way. So there you go. That is the schnoodle. He's angry that I've been podcasting for over 30 minutes. I, I hope some of this is what you wanted to hear or... You know, I hope we've hit the topic okay. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've, we've endured and we've gone with the ups and downs. And we have, we have a lot of good memories in the bank. And I look forward to what lays ahead. And uh, that, that's what I'll continue to do as a parent and, you know, eventually as a grandparent, I assume. So... You know, it's a blessing. Every day is a blessing. And, you know, however many days I have left here, um, hopefully quite a few, I'm hoping. But who knows? Um, You know, it is what it is. So we just kind of stay on the path and keep positive. And, uh, you know, we're along for the ride. And we hope things just, uh, you know, kind of work out and um, enjoy it. Don't get so bound up in the stress of everyday life that you don't enjoy it. You know, it's a gift. It's a blessing to have kids. It's a, it's a wonderful thing if you keep your perspective. <laughs> and, you know, some days that means going and locking yourself in the bathroom with a box of uh, Hostess cupcakes or whatever cupcakes you have up there and um, scarfing them down. And you do what you have to do. So, hold on to your hobbies and hold on to your identity also, as a parent. Don't get so overwhelmed in parenting that you sort of morph into something different than you are. Because you you need those hobbies to lean on. And you need to remember who you are, too. There, There you go. That's my final piece of blabbering. So, check out my book, Frank Sinatra's Parenting. I did it my way. And uh, that's it. So hope all is well with you. It's good doing this again. Nice to blow the dust off the recorder. I hope the swinging of the podcast swing and the wind is not so bad that we can't use this. And I look forward to when we have another topic. Okay, that's it. I'm looking at ducks in my neighbor's yard. They just they just walk up. Oh, there's a chicken. Ooh, chicken just walked by. All right, I'm going to go look at chickens. See ya. Thank you, Jason, for your input on parenting. Expect another file in about four months. That's the timeline that I'm working on. So I'm looking at the timers on my baby app. It's an hour and 30 minutes. This is the second time he slept longer than 30 minutes in a row for the week. I think he's growing, going through a growth spurt. So what I'm going to actually do is stop the live portion of the episode 
and just slot in the previously recorded file that I have for the sake of time and for the sake of getting this done. It's all well and good to have it in the bank or in the chamber, but if you really actually want to be a podcaster, you have to actually publish the podcast. That is what I've always believed. Believed. Why can't I say words good? Uh, it's what I always believed. That is my perspective on things. Um, really, you're only as good as your last podcast. And sometimes that can become harder than uh, it should be. So, MMD from the future, signing off. Here is MMD from the past. After so much procrastination, avoidance, and whatever, I'm going to try and record the long return, or sorry, the long-awaited return of the Garbage Cast conversation. This topic, I'm not going to even say this week's, this particular topic we have tasked ourselves to record is on parenting. Now, I have been sitting on this file from up in this brain for like a month because I was like, I'm going to get in the studio. I'm going to record the episode on the roadcaster. It's going to be great. And that has gone out the window completely. In this stage in my life, I don't really record audio on the roadcaster anymore. It is mostly, um, it is mostly uh, on on my phone or wherever I can, whenever I can. Perfect is truly the enemy of the good. And that is one of the issues that you will find when you are a parent. Things that you used to enjoy as hobbies, the things that you love to do, if you want to do them, you are going to have to figure out how to make time for them. And Sometimes you will have to adapt and change. Come on, darling. You got to go outside. You're doing that panting. I don't want you peeing on the Go. Either drink some water or go outside. But I don't like this. Oh, there's no water? Hold on. It is true. Perfect is the enemy of the good. And, you know, there will always be a podcast... Just rinsing out the bowl. There'll always be some sort of optimal way to record the podcast. But guess what? The best way is to actually just do it. Speaking of hobbies, another reason why I've been so delayed on recording this is that. Starfield came out a few weeks ago, 
And between that and having the morning shift with my son, who was staring at me. Um, Starfield has just taken up all of my non-D&D free time. Uh, just, I love zooming around in my spaceship. I love reading the guides. I love finding the optimal design for my ship. I love, I love the idea of having like a stable of ships. So it's just, it is a time sink. Anytime I get free, that is what I'm doing. But I digress because that is a major digression. So the one thing I, I, I've learned about parenting so far, one thing, I've learned many things. First, hobbies, that's out the door. There's no way you're going to have time to do anything, but especially in that first few months, you, you need to do things that help you carry on. Make sure you sleep if you can. Make sure you eat if you can. Um, make sure you look after your your mental health and well-being, your partner's uh, mental health and well-being. Um, and then, then, then after all of those things are done, then you can worry about free time. Um, if your, your batteries need to be recharged, by just you know watching some dumb TV show while you pass out, fine, do that. Um, but you are not going to have time to do all the things that you like to do. At least to the extent that you used to do them. I'm not sure about you know if you're rich and you have nannies and stuff. Maybe you have more time to do the things that you don't. Eat that, Winston. Okay. So, there's that first lesson that I learned. Second lesson is that... Go. Go inside. <laughs> the lesson is go inside. Come on. Let's go. Go. Sorry, I'm just going to take dogs out. Uh, this one. This wolfhound, if she does not go out when you... She has this, like, panting that she does. And it can either mean one or two things. She's got to go outside. And because she's so large, she actually cannot go down the stairs properly. Um, and this house is all stairs. So you come in to the front hallway... You walk down the hall. There's stairs to go up. So there's immediately a landing and then stairs to go up. And there's stairs to go down to the living room. Like three steps. Then there's more stairs on the right to go down to the first section of the basement. The walk-in section of the basement where we have laundry. Come on, hustle. And then more stairs. To go down into the basement. Second floor. It's like a split basement thing. 
Anyways, another digression. So what were we saying? You're not going to have time to do the things you love to do. You need to prioritize and do the things that you need to do. Um, and for me, that has been doing something non-parenting related. And that is taking the form of just of zenning out and blissing out and flying ships around. So that number one lesson. Number two, um, you run on their schedule, not the other way around when they are young. When they're small children, you know, you can't fudge. Like they, when they say sleep schedule, they means if they do not go to bed at the prescribed window, you will be dealing with the ramifications of that forever. Um, you're at a doctor's appointment and, you know, they miss their sleep window by 10, 15 minutes for an adult or even like a teen, maybe even a small child, like a toddler. It's fine. For a baby, you're fucked. You've just created an overtired child who will subsequently be dealing with this overtiredness for days to come. Until, of course, you get them back on schedule. And then guess what? By the time you get them back on schedule, some life event, like visiting the grandparents or something, will ultimately refuck up that schedule that you've been fighting to keep. And then you start right back at zero. <laughs> and just realizing that my son here is just so fascinated with me talking into the phone. You want to say something? Should daddy not be swearing in front of you? Yeah. Good job. What else? Mm hmm. Ba ba. Riley? Ba ba. And I'm da da. So here's, here's another thing screen time. Screen time is bad for babies. It is conclusively proven to um, affect their developmental, their, their focus, their attention, all of those things. However, there are times where you just need them to stop crying for five minutes. And uh, sometimes you break down and you put on like 10 minutes of a Miss Rachel on audio. Or, you know, for me, it's like they went to bed. I try to cram in like the dishes, feeding the dogs going to the bathroom um, and then after doing all those things even making sure you eat then after doing all those things uh, try to like do a mission in the Starfield, Starfield and sometimes you know you've wrapped up the, the actual mission part you have to just like return to the quest giver and say I did this and they go great Here's another 
part of the next mission. I'm working on, on the Free Star Collective. I want that damn Star Eagle so bad. So, you know, sometimes you have like 30 seconds left and they've already been woke up and they have to do their next thing. So you have to go get them. So, you know, you have to just make sure they don't face the television and go and collect your your next one for that, that 30 seconds. I mean, the positive thing is that I have the Xbox Series X. So it's instant on and you can just shut it off and then pick it back up when you next get a chance. Sometimes you just don't remember what you're doing in the game or when you're parenting. I keep diverting to Starfield. So, yes, you you make sure you get the things done you need to get done. You will constantly be fighting to preserve the sanctity of the sleep schedule. Um, and life, life gets in the way of that. Uh, my son, who is nine months, and he's got two teeth. Yeah, look at those two teeth. You bite me with constantly. You bite me all the time with them. Um, sometimes I just, you know, I'm so exhausted <laughs> with looking after him. I'm like, here, just bite my arm. I don't, I don't care. No, bite me because you love biting now that you have two teeth. Now you have two teeth. Or sometimes I'll be like, here, look at my phone. I give up. So you try your best, but sometimes it's not perfect. You have to be okay with that. Um, I'm on the squeaky part of this playpen. Uh, sometimes, like, you need to prioritize what you want to do, how you want to allocate your resources. Do you want to fight? The no screen time debate. Do you want to, you know, go broke buying the most expensive um, high chair you possibly can? Or will that one that is just adequate do? Or, you know, play pen or, you know, play pen, play by it, or like, and so on, so on, so on. Um, I think it's important that people make their choices for themselves because ultimately they will know what they are comfortable with. Everyone's journey is different. And I did not understand that because I'm, I'm used to, you know, I'm the kind of person who, who plays video games with an FAQ in hand. And I'm like, okay, this is... This is what I need to do. This is what it says I need to do. And then I go and do it. When they say, you know, your your mileage may vary or your journey might be different. That used to be a foreign concept. But you you make you make the compromises and concessions that you want to make and that you and your partner are comfortable with. And you fight the battles you need to fight, and then you move on. You can't... Oh, 
You're trying to take the phone. You're trying to take the phone. You're trying to take the phone. Ah. Ah. <laughs> you you make the concessions you need to make, and then you fight the battles that you really need to win. All the other stuff is superfluous. I was going to swear, but I don't need to. I don't need to. It's all, it, the rest of the stuff is all superfluous. It's all extra. It's all gravy. It doesn't matter. And as long as you're okay at the end of the day and your partner and and your son or daughter or your child, I don't know why I gendered it first. Couldn't think of the word. You know how they say that you get like brain fog after becoming a parent? That is very true. My ability to recall things that happened like five minutes ago or words that I need to use in a sentence or so on and so forth. It doesn't exist. It is like the old computers back in the day when they're like, you know, file not found. Are you going on a website and like file not found? That, that is me. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. File not found. File not found. File not found. And there are a lot of moving parts to raising a small child. Like, there's sleep schedules. There is bottle tracking. There is, you know, do they have a clean diaper on? When was the last time they were changed? There is, um, you know, introducing them to solids. Right now, Riley is on... Two meals or two solid feedings a day. Um, I wonder if I can check his schedule because I need to see if it's been long enough after his. Uh, I could. Do you want to eat some cottage cheese? Hmm? No, my phone. So, there's a lot of moving parts. Take any help you can get. Um, be that being your your partner, be that be, uh, or may that be, I don't know, words. I'm not good at them anymore. Um, may that be an app that tracks all your timers. Um, or maybe it's like grandparents were offering to take the child off of you for an hour. All of that is valuable. More valuable than gold. It's like the platinum of, of parenthood. I'm going to have to get you ready for feeding. I have to go get the doggos, though. They're still outside. Here's another thing. So, these little munchkins are 
super tiny with the tiny feet and hands and arms and legs. Um, they can still fuck you up. Like, with their hands and feet and their strength, don't underestimate them. They can slap, bite, pull as hard as the best of them. And they have this, like, baby strength that can mess you up if you underestimate it. This is going to be too long to send to myself. I'm going to have to figure out a way to play this. I might have to play this through the Roadcaster um, phone link and then just play my part live into the recorder and then just attach up in this brain's parts. But I feel like this is a good step forward. I needed to get off my ass to do this for myself. Um, yeah, they are efficient little machines at like scratching, pulling, biting. My son loves to pull my hair like out from the follicle. And he like, he f waves his hands around and as he does it, he gets just enough speed that he like just tears it and he enjoys, he loves pulling my hair. It's brings him great joy. And though it hurts, I don't know if I can take that away from him. Oh, his new love is this VTech table. It helps him stand. He's working. He's working on being able to stand and walk. He's been at it for a while. Like he, he's been very interested in trying to figure out how to stand for a couple of months, but he hasn't developed the muscles yet to like stand for longer than five seconds but he does practice all the time oh you're standing to try and get my phone good job um we have like little plastic hooks uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven of them I think 10 were in the package. One came with the playpen. Uh, and we have them on the front of the playpen. So he can grab and he can practice. Baby stuff is stupid expensive. So just be prepared for that. Even Amazon garbage is still expensive. So... You know, save your money while you, where you can. Buy the things that are really important. Buy them and like high quality name brand. 
stuff, but if that's the other thing we're working on, eating solids. So we're constantly making that sound. We encourage him to chew. He's actually not a bad eater compared to what he started out with when he started. Um, the mouth would move and everything would just come out because his tongue would just push it back out of his mouth. So he went from like eating ultimately zero of the, uh, the food that we would take out. And now he eats most of it, if not all of it. I've had some times where he's eaten like the whole pouch of baby food. <sighs> um, that's another a tip, you know. Just, just be prepared for baby stuff to kick your ass in the cost department. Any money you can save ahead of time for after pregnancy is commendable and smart and wise and definitely you should do that because you will find that you go through it real quick um hmm. and then I think like the last thing I wanted to to speak about is that Parenthood is like a really cool, awesome, fun, but like emotional journey. I think I'm just going to get dog chewing. Hey, really? You're going to chew that right beside me? I have no problem with you chewing it. Just chew it over there. She's giving me the look like, why? Why did you send me to the door? Um, sorry, I couldn't think of, you know, this, this journey that you're on is like the hardest funnest, most nerve-wracking, most emotional journey that you will ever take or embark on in your life. I am constantly in a state of feeling like I just got to survive till the end of the day. And then when it comes to, so O'Reilly's bedtime routine is he does crawling practice like we feed him that that second meal he does crawling practice because he makes a mess of his, himself so we we take off his outfit and then we just let him crawl around in the diaper after he's eaten and then bath and then we do 
his bedtime routine, which is like the bath, and then we sing him Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. We put him in his sleep oh, we put him in his sleep sack first, then the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Then we kiss him, and we say we love him, and then we put him to bed. It's not all of it, but you know, it's enough of the routine that you need to know. Uh, and then you know I'm constantly like I just gotta make it to the end of the day and then I get to that point and I'm like I never want this to change I don't want my son to grow up anymore just just keep it here just halt it at baby because you know, it's as exhausting as it is. It is like the most enjoyable part of my day is hanging out with him. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. When you look at the things you've accomplished that day, um, nine times out of 10, this is the best part. Can you don't eat that? Hi. You are literally biting plastic. How can that be fun? Anyways, this has been 30 minutes in my section alone. I have no idea how I'm going to put this together. He's uh, in desperate need of a diaper change. I think his, his diaper has absorbed the maximum amount of pee he can, it possibly can. So he might need an outfit change as well. I've been the MMD with my son, who's been Riley, and the dogs. I see Honey has come back closer to me with that nylon bone she's chewing. Um, all of you parents who are out there who are starting this journey, you are doing good. You're doing fine. You will survive. And that goes for anybody who's currently going through it right now, too. And to anybody who's nearing the end of that journey with uh, your kids going off to school, college, or university, or whatever, or moving out, or congratulations, you've made it. I, I never want to get to that point. I'm so dreading that. Um, I just want my boy to stay a little baby forever. Cute little baby. Forever. Okay. Also, apparently baby talk is really bad developmentally for, for children. But if that's the case, why would they make baby talk so fun? I think that's just it about, you know, the journey of parenthood is in a way a like slice a chunk, I don't know, what like a 
it's a distillation, there we go, of, of life. It's beautiful and hard and difficult and rewarding. And then it also, it is your whole life. And, and sometimes you think it's like never, never, ever, ever, ever going to get done. Just like life. And then you blink and then it's, it's over and you're, and you're old and you're retired and or maybe you're not retired. Maybe you're not that lucky. But dog, really right beside me again. I'm trying to wrap this up. You're not going to be allowed in the room when I change the diaper. Honey, you are on my shit list. Yeah, you can. Now, go away. Mm -hmm. Loud ass chewing. Anyways, I've got shit to do. I gotta go. So, another Garbage Cast conversation is in the can. Hopefully we come back with new topics and keep this thing going. I love recording these. Um, I think there's something valuable in the different points of view. Dump it. Thank you, MMD from the past. So, I hope... I managed to crystallize my thoughts on parenting. And if I haven't, um, maybe there'll be a parenting too. So, for the Garbage Cast, this has been the MMD with a guest appearance from Jason. Like I said, another one is in the can. Tune in next time and dump it.